0: Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 55. I'm your host, Chris Womorez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. Welcome in. Grab a seat. Get your favorite beverage of choice, your snack of choice. Sit around the fire, if you have one. And let's talk hockey for a little bit here. We're approaching the end of January. Which means we are past the midway point of the NHL season, where we start to figure out which teams are actually going to try and make a push for the playoffs and which ones are going to just fade into the sunset and hope that they get a better pick for Connor Bedard because that's that's what all these teams are trying to do. Right? If there's no point finishing ninth, 10th, or 11th in your conference. Just finish last at that point. Improve your odds. Right? Got a jam-packed show today. Um if you're listening over on the YouTube channel, thank you. Go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell there, baby. Uh, if you are not on the YouTube, go ahead, check it out, all right? Slapshot pod, youtube.com slash Slapshot pod. You can check out the podcast on Twitter as well at Slapshot podcast. Me on Twitter at Fuzzy Chris 91. You can find the podcast on the Apple podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. If you go to the Twitter of Slapshot podcast, click the link tree. You can get the episode. You can see where all the episodes are posted Hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, turn on whatever thingy clicks so you can get the episodes downloaded straight to whatever platform you enjoy listening to. All right. Uh, We've done the housekeeping here. Uh, Before we dive into our main topic today, right, let's take a look at a couple of things that happened around the NHL here. Some things kind of baffled my mind a little bit. We're going to start with Gary Bettman because I feel like that's only fair. Gary was in Montreal earlier this week. I think it was Tuesday. What did he say? I don't know. He gave a media availability. I don't know what he was doing here, um, but he kind of addressed the tanking situation. And with an absolute straight face, OK, I can't make this up because I watched it. Gary Bettman went on to say that NHL teams do not tank. And I was like, man, Gary. What planet are you from? <laughs> are you that out of touch with your league that you have no idea what's going on? Right? Like I'll give him a little bit of defense. He said that players and coaches don't tank, because that would, you know, goes against the integrity of the game, which is true. Coaches and players do not tank. Management, however, look, if there's one thing managers do, general managers, president of hockey operations and all that stuff, the they are tankers. They love it. This team is if your team is garbage, they are going to the bottom of the standings. All right. Gary said this with a straight face. He's like, if you're, which is true, if you finish last, you have a 75% chance of not getting the first pick. Sure. But you still have a 25% chance that teams are going to do that, especially for a generational talent like Connor Bedard. Like Gary can't literally sit there, look at the Chicago Blackhawks and all the moves they've made over the last 12 months and go, no, nah, this team's trying to get better, right? You trade Alex DeBrincat. you trade Kirby Doc." Good chance they trade uh, Jonathan Taves for the deadline. They may move Patrick Kane. You're telling me all those moves are to make your team better today? No. The goal is to finish last. Players and coaches aren't going to tank because, let's face it, players want to perform so they can get paid. Coaches want to keep their jobs, right? So they have an incentive to play well, which is fine, as they should. But management can certainly put a team on the ice that really hurts your chances of winning. So for Gary to say that is kind of, first of all, Gary doesn't believe that, you know, concussions lead to CTE and whatnot. So he's already living on another planet that neither of us are invited to, but I can't sit there with a straight face and listen to this dipshit talk and go, no, that makes sense, Gary. He is completely just, I I laughed when he said it because I was like, nah, bro. That can't be it. He's like, why would teams want to increase their chances by like 1%? What do you mean? Why not? I got a 1% chance to make more money. Don't you think I would take it? Yeah. You got a 1% chance of getting a better pick. Why? do If teams weren't tanking or weren't afraid of losing, they wouldn't trade first round picks that are lottery protected. Why would teams do that? Exactly, Gary. Management tanks. They trade players at the deadline to make their team worse in hopes of losing the right way. Right? That's that's fine. That's fine. Teams want to tank, tank. You sell the idea. That's why they call it a rebuild. A rebuild is a tank. Let's face it. You can call it what you want, but it's tanking. Right? Like the Anaheim Ducks have a terrible roster. They're looking to tank. The Arizona Coyotes have had a terrible roster now for almost their entire existence. I mean, they've been permatanking. Chicago made sure in the offseason they were going to be at the bottom of the conference. They are getting there. I think Columbus is the only team to do it incorrectly. They went out, they signed Johnny Gaudreau It helps that they would get better, and their team has been even worse. That is what it is. The Montreal Canadiens were good for, like, two weeks. Now they are on a quest to finish last. And we will talk about the Munchal a little bit later, though. Don't worry. We're going to get to them. Um, the next thing that kind of really just got me shaking my head crazy was, and he's our cover image here as well, is Bruce Boudreaux. If you have no idea what's happened to Bruce Boudreaux, I don't know what rock you're living under, because it was probably the worst-kept secret in hockey. He was relieved of his duties Sunday Today we are Friday so Sunday depending on when you listen to this. And I have never seen an or like players how can I say this? I've never seen an organization love a coach so much with the exception of the people who employ him, right? Fans loved him, players loved him. I've never seen a coach Expected to get fired, be cheered by fans and everybody. Bruce Boudreaux is a good coach. I'll say it. He's got his personality. He's a good coach. He spent 22 years in the minors of all different sorts before he got his coaching opportunity with the Washington Capitals. 22 years. That is commitment. And the way the Vancouver Canucks handled this whole fiasco Is just absolutely mind-boggling. If you could write a book about how to not go about hiring a new coach, take the Vancouver Canucks and do it. And Jimmy Rutherford spoke about it and said, hey, I mean, I was too honest and this and that, and other executives told me it was overblown. Buddy, Jimmy, here's the thing. There's always been speculation about coaches being fired and who's going to be hired next. I've never seen a situation where an insider will break that a coach is going to be fired, who his replacement is, and pretty much on what day it's going to happen. Like, we knew it was coming. He coached his last game Saturday. Man was almost in tears behind the bench, soaking it up. The players said goodbye. Everybody apparently was crying in the room because they knew he wasn't going to be there on Sunday or Monday. They knew that was the end. He had coached his last game. That's precise accuracy. That's not speculation. That's fact. If you speculate on something and it happens, it becomes fact. That's that's how that works. I, I don't know how the Vancouver Canucks can go that far off the deep end and kind of save themselves. This is a bad hockey team, by the way. The Vancouver Canucks are a bad hockey team. They have an incredibly high payroll. Okay which is problem number one. And Jimmy Rutherford said, well, they're not going to rebuild, they're going to retool, right? And I started laughing because if you're a Hats you heard Mark Bergevin say that for the better part of his entire tenor here in Montreal. Some some teams don't want to embrace the tank. And why should you? The Vancouver Canucks went out and they've acquired players to make their team better. They gave JT Miller a boatload of money. They traded for Oliver Ekman Larson in a deal that looks terrible now. They just gave Andre Kuzmenko a little bit of money. This is a team that's spending money to retain players, and they have good players, but they're not very good. And this is not Bruce Boudreaux's fault. He did the best that he could with the pylons that he had. And for it to go down this way, if I'm a player, you think I want to go to a circus team like Vancouver right now? Let's forget everything that's going on with Tanner Pearson's 5 million hand surgeries that he's that he needs, because that's a whole other topic we can't get into. But you're a player and you're watching this develop. A team just give no care about another human being and how they're perceived. A, this is, again, I've never seen it. Also, poor Rick Tockett. This man has to come in now to a dressing room where the players didn't want their coach to go. The fans clearly didn't like it. Everybody's against him. And you want him to have success? This man's starting three feet behind the line and you're asking him to win the race. That's a tough one for him to swallow. He's not going to come in here and make this team good overnight. But the way I look at it is Canucks management just didn't want to let go of Bruce Boudreau at the beginning of the year, even if they didn't think it was his guy. They kind of gave him the chance to do what he did. But you sent him out there as he was getting close to the day where you were going to let him go and made him answer questions from the media about the team, about him. You saw his emotions about how he felt about it. And he kept, he was professional the entire time. He kept a straight face. He kept trying to make this about the players and how they could get better and everything. Kudos to him. He's going to find a job somewhere else because there's no shortage of teams that need a good coach. And I do believe that Bruce Boudreaux is a good coach. Coaches get hired to, be fired. We understand that it's easier to fire a coach than it is to trade five, six players. So coach usually gets the first one. But this is this is just something to watch how this all went down. I feel bad for Boos Boudreaux. I feel bad for Rick Tockett. All the players are there, but I feel bad for the fans. And Jimmy Rutherford, he's been around the NHL a minute, so he knows how he should go about his business. This was not the way to do it, Jimmy. Not at all. There's a lot of hostility now in Vancouver. And it's gonna be interesting to see how they go about their business. If I'm a player, Vancouver's I don't in the free agency part of year, you say, hey man, you wanna come here? Uh no. Why would I want to go to a circus? Like if I wanted to go to a bad team, I'm not gonna to go to Vancouver, and freeze myself four or five months out of the year. I'll go play at Arizona or Anaheim where it's nice and hot and state taxes are low and Nobody even knows I exist. Like, if you purely want to lose, that's what I would do. If money was the only thing you cared about, I'm not going to Vancouver. They're nowhere close to winning a Stanley Cup. Nowhere. This is a bad team. And Rick is not going to fix it. And the whole management just looks like a lost... I don't know. They look like a lost puppy. So shame on the Canucks, the entire organization, everybody in there, just... Treat people with respect or be human. I know it's a business. I get that. But a little bit of decency every once in a while. Or at least keep your secret secrets. You know what I mean? Teams are always like, oh, we won't say what player has an injury. Upper body, lower body, blah, 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 blah. But we knew exactly what Bruce Boudreau was going to be terminated to the hour, basically. That's unfortunate. So shame on Gary Bettman for believing the earth is flat. And shame on the Vancouver Canucks for doing to Bruce Boudreau what they did. Now, speak. Staying in the topic of not good and bad hockey teams, Montreal Canadiens are a bad hockey team. They've got a little bit on a like somewhat. They've won a couple of games here, or they've at least competed in some. Right, Samuel Montembeau has been exceptional. Uh, Montreal's entire fourth line. If you watch that game against Detroit, Raphael Harvey Pennard. Michael Pozzetta, right? Belzeal, all three of those men are out here on a mission to make sure they never go back to Laval. And why would you go to Laval? If you don't know what Laval is, it's, it's great. Keep it like that. Nobody wants to be there. So, again, when we're talking about teams trying to tank, it's not players and it's not coaches. And case in point, that Montreal fourth line, all those guys are borderline NHL players. So, I'm not surprised. That, they, that they're that they playing well. They have something to prove. They want to be here next year. So they got to show management that they can play. They can hold those third and fourth line roles down. They're not interested in whatever management is trying to do here. Kent he was trying to finish last or whatnot. They're not in the business of that. Those players need a job. And when you're in the NHL, your paycheck is significantly higher than when you are in the AHL. So they have an incentive, both monetary-wise and professionally, of course, playing in the NHL, to play well and want to do well. So no surprise that borderline NHL players are going to play well and going to help their team win. Now, Montreal Canis is still a bad team. They're still going to finish closer to the bottom. It is what it is. But let's take a look at this team from an in-depth percept- perception here and not percent, per- perspective, that's the word I'm looking for, and how they go about this, okay? Because in my mind, first of all, the Bunchal have the second highest cap hit in the NHL. You can't spend that much money and be that bad. Like, that's not, those two don't go together. And This all starts to me with Cole Caulfield and his injury, right? Cole Caulfield's going to miss the rest of the season. He's going to undergo shoulder surgery. He came out and said, hey, I've dealt with the injury now for a few months. If it was up to me, I would keep playing. Management saw it differently. Here's another example, Gary, of tanking. Cole Caulfield could have played through the injury, said it. If it doesn't get worse, and if doctors say, hey, you're fine, keep going. His shoulders seem to be causing him no issues because he was scoring goals in bunches. But it makes sense when you have nothing to play for. You're nowhere near a playoff spot. You take a player who's got, I think it was up to what, 26 goals? Take him out of the lineup. Get him healthy for next season. That's tanking, by the way. Right? They're like, hey, we've, we've got nothing left to play for. Take him and go him out. And there was a whole string of injuries, right? Jonathan Drouin is out for about three weeks. Joel Armia is out for about three weeks. Slavkovsky out for three months. So his knee, because of a knee injury, he's probably done for the year. Jake Evans is out for 10 10 weeks ish. That's about three months as well. So Jake Evans and Uri Slavkovsky, they're also done for the year. It just made sense for Munchell to blow this up. They didn't even have to. That's that's ta- like injuries are part of the sport. It's gonna happen, but that's tanking by association, right? You take some good players out of your lineup, things are gonna happen. Now, Montreal can easy to get to the trade deadline and start moving. Players for picks or salary relief or whatever you need. Montreal's gotta free up money. First off, they gotta they got some RFAs coming up. Most notably, Cole Caulfield needs money. So gotta find a way to free ourselves of some contracts so we can go out and pay the man. People say, well, what's a fair contract for Cole Caulfield? Probably in the eight million dollar range. I would say between seven and a half and eight million dollars. The T would probably want to sign him long-term. I think he's going to take a bridge deal so he could really pop some goals and then go and collect his $11, $12 million. That's how I see it. That He's, he's going to fall into that range, I think, 7-8. If the Montreal is want to overpay, give him like 9.5, see if he'll do a 7-year deal on it. But I think Caulfield is smart enough to say, hey, give me short. Give me a little bit less money maybe. And I'll go cash in on my next contract. Seems fair to me. Nick Suzuki is making seven point eight goal scoring wise. Caulfield is a better goal scorer. He doesn't. He's not the same as Suzuki, of course. But goals are important in the NHL. Players who score them are coveted, and you want a bunch of them on your team. So I think he's got to get paid. So you got to free up money, right? You got to do it. Let's start with players who need to be moved. Or actually, let's start with players who I think are untradeable, who who you can't trade. Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield are two. I would say Kaden Gouley is the other. He's out due to injury, but I wouldn't move him. We know that he's going to be a very good defenseman for a very long time. The Montreal have other players that need to get out of this city. One, I don't know how they go about and it pains me to say it, how they go about getting rid of that Carey Price contract. After this season, he still has three years left at $10.5 million. I don't think Carey Price comes back to play hockey again. I really don't. We haven't heard anything about him. There's no update on his progress. We don't know what he's doing, where he's, what's happening. Made an appearance for P.K. Subban's tribute night. But he doesn't look like a man who's going to play hockey again. I don't think his knees can keep up. So there's got to be a team somewhere willing to take on some money and the Montreal case could do exactly what they did with Shea Weber. Right, They took on Evgeny Dodonov's one-year deal. They sent Shea Weber's contract to Vegas. So Vegas can put him on LTIR and free up money. There's got to be a team somewhere willing to do it for Carey Price. Got to be. Again, it pains me to think about that, but it is what it is. We're at that point. He's not coming back. Move the contract. Sean Monaghan, he's on LTIR. We have no idea when he's coming back either. I would like Buddha to resign him because this team started to go downhill. Their power play started to suck again ever since he was out of the lineup. He wins faceoffs, he adds some depth down the middle. Even if he's a third line center, he could be a very effective third line center at his position. If you're dead set on having Kirby Doc play center, Doc has looked really good of late, by the way. His game last night, you could see he was physical. He even fought somebody. Kid's 22 and he was pounding Andrew Kopp. Like, they weren't even in the same weight class. So if Montreal is dead set on having Nick Suzuki and Kirby Dock down the middle, cool. You can keep Sean Monaghan and you'll be perfectly fine. I have no problem with keeping Sean Monahan in Montreal. Or you trade him, depending on what you get. Either way, other contracts that I'd probably like to see. Jonathan Drouet is on his final year of his deal. If I could get a bag of pucks for him, I will do it. There is no sense in keeping a player around that has zero goals on the season. There's no point. I get it. Fans like him-ish. He's gone through his stuff. He's a reminder that the Montreal Canadiens traded for him to play center, and that experiment didn't work out and, Oh, By the way, they gave up Mikhail Sergachev. That's worked out pretty well for Tampa Bay, but let's not think about that because it makes me cry. I would like to see Montreal move Yoel Armia and Jake Evans. Yoel Armia's contract has still got two years after this year, $3.4 million hit. That's not really great, again, for a player who is not scoring goals. Jake Evans is that player that coaches love that I'm just like, you don't need him. You don't. Jake Evans is struggling this year, as he should, right? You probably can't get much for him because he's hurt forever. And he's still making 1.7 mil per year after this season. It's not bad. I would have liked Jake Evans to be healthy so you could move him because I just think he's a little bit overrated. You know all those fourth line guys I was telling you about? Those guys could easily replace Jake Evans. Easily. On a cheaper cap hit as well. You're telling me you won't sign Alex Belize again for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? You save a million bucks, you get about the same thing. Player's a little bit older, doesn't matter. Good enough for me. If he if he could do his job and do it well, fine. Jake Evans is not, he's not having a good year. He's good defensively, but he doesn't bring anything offensively. There's no reason to hold on to these pieces. He could be a good depth player somewhere else. Good for him for making it to the NHL. But let's stop falling in love with players who are not very good. All right? Stop it. We don't need that. Uh, the Brendan Gallagher situation. Gallagher is hurt. Who knows if he comes back? He still has four years left. at six and a half million dollars. That contract is going nowhere. He is going nowhere. I don't think Montreal buys about Tomato, tomato. He's just going to be here. It is what it is. Gallagher's body is just falling apart now, and it should shock nobody. He has played a ton of, like, brutal hockey. We know what he puts his body through, and I think his body is just unable to keep up. So that's on the injury side of it. On the defenseman side of things, there's not much really you can move because the bulk of your defensemen are pretty young. Right, Arbor Jackeye, Jordan Harris, Justin Barron, they're 21-22. Savage, 25. I don't think Savage has been that bad. He's still growing into his position. Fine. David Savard, Joel Edmondson, Mike Matheson. I expect Savard and Edmondson to draw some interest. Savard has two years left on his deal after this season. Edmondson has won. If you got a first-round pick for Ben Sherratt last year, and you can get the same thing plus for those two, I'd move him. Mike Matheson has three more years. I think you could keep him around. If you want that veteran presence in the room, you can get away with it with Michael Matheson. You can. And Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman's not going anywhere. Really struggled last last night when he played, but again, he was off for five days. Five games didn't play. Like, What do you expect? If Chris Weidman can stay alive and bring some leadership and just eat up, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes a night, Maybe the power play. Fine. it's all you need from it. It's all I'm asking for you. Chris Weidman is a seventh defenseman? Sure. sure. Do it. But I'm okay with Joel Edmondson and David Savard going somewhere else. Because again, if you can get a first-round pick for Ben Sherratt, there are contending teams love these type of players. Edmondson and Savard can block shots. They can play the penalty kill. They can give you a little bit of... Offensive support—they're not offensive players, and you don't want them to be. That's not what they're there for. But they could certainly bolster a blue line. And there are no shortage of mediocre teams and elite teams that need good defensemen. These guys could fit into the four, five, six role. Again, I don't know if I trade Mike Matheson because he's been hurt a lot. Matheson could kind of move the puck, which Montreal needs. They don't have a lot of those defensemen that can do it. And You also can't trade away. Every single aging player on that blue line. Like Weidman's the oldest at 33 than David Savard. Everybody else is under the age of 30. So there's still, this is a young defensive core. It's going to have its struggles. We've see it nightly. It is what it is. So to me, Edmondson and Savard could pack their bags. And I would like to get a first round pick for each. It's unlikely. But I would be very disappointed if I saw both these players on a Montreal Canadiens roster for next season. Just saying. Up front, Evgeny Dodonov, we know is gone. We don't have to think very hard about that. And the same thing, there's not that many players up front that we're going to trade. If you want to keep some veteran leadership, you can keep Josh Anderson. I think Josh Anderson has earned his $5.5 million. That's okay. I would like to see Mike Hoffman go, but he still has another year at 4.5, and I don't see many teams taking a chance on him. And I would like to see Christian Dvorak move, but he's got two more years at 4.5. Dvorak is a cheap version of uh, Jake Evans. Dvorak is not a second line center; he's barely a third line center. He doesn't contribute much offensively. He's not in the power play spot, and if you keep Sean Monahan. Where are you going to play Christian Dvorak? And I don't like the idea of moving Kirby Dock off the center position. I like Dock. I like Suzuki, Dock, and Monaghan. And what? You're going to play Dvorak on the fourth line? Come on. Get rid of him. Hard because the contract, right? But hey, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. In an ideal world, the Donov gone, Mike Hoffman gone, Dvorak gone. Let the kids play. Montreal has a ton of injuries, so who knows how they go about that. But, again, I just, hey, there are guys who can play, fill out. If you start trading those players, you're making your team a whole lot worse. Guess what? Boom. You're going to tank by design. There are lots of guys who are coming up in the next few years who could do good things. Owen Beck, Joshua Waugh. We saw Joshua Waugh at the World Juniors center Connor Bedard. You telling me Joshua Wall can't play a fourth-line role? Be just as productive as Jake Evans or Christian Dvorak at a fraction of the cost? What are you talking about? Say the way that with Owen Beck. He's young, so you know, I don't know. Philip are the same thing. These guys are young. It might it might be tough for them. I get that. But Joshua Wall looked really good. He's 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 not going back to juniors. So There's more than enough here for me to love that I'm okay with moving those guys. You'll have a young team, and guess what? Next year, you'll be just as bad or even worse. Fine. Keep finishing at the bottom of the barrel so you can keep getting good picks. It's not rocket science. And last but not least, we're going to talk about the goaltending situation because I had a friend bring this up a couple weeks back. What happens? Well, the question was, who would you start, right? in the second half of the season more often, Jake Allen or Sam Montembeau? And I said Montembeau. This this was before he went on his run, but that point true, proves even truer now. A lot of people forget Samuel Montembo's 26. Like he's in the prime of his career, I would say now. And it's extremely hard for goalies to develop. Some of them do it immediately. Some of them take a long time. Montembeau might just be a late bloomer here. I know they gave Jake Allen some money. His new contract kicks in next year. And Jake Allen is a great teammate. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. Jake Allen knows that he is not going to be here the next time the Montreal Canadiens lift a Stanley Cup. He is the placeholder for the next one, whoever that may be. Would I trade Jake Allen? Only if he wanted to. I would go up to Jake and have a true conversation with him. I'm manage. i say, hey, Jake, I know we gave you some money. I know you like Montreal, all that stuff. If you want to be here, fine. But we may give Montembeau more starts So we want to see what he can do. See if he's the goalie of the future for this team or if we need to go out and find another one. And if you don't want to do that, then we could accommodate you and try to trade you somewhere else. What would you like to do? That's it. Straight up. I would ask Jake Allen, what does he want to do? Do you want to be here with your family in Montreal? Cool. You may not play as much, but if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Or we trade you somewhere else, maybe to a contending team that needs some help in goal. And there are no shortage of teams that need to bolster their goaltending. Really good teams. I'm not saying it comes to fruition, but just a couple of teams that I think need a goalie, right? As good as the Carolina Hurricanes have been, Freddie Anderson's hurt again. Who knows how long that is? Jake Allen could come in and solidify that second goal. I I, I know they have that kid. I can't say his name. (laughs) It's so hard. He's in the AHL. Maybe you like if you want to roll with that in the playoffs. Sure, you could also go out and get Jake Allen, experienced goalie that could help. Uh, Edmonton needs a goalie. I know they have a goalie situation, but that's a them problem to figure out. They could probably use a little bit of Jake Allen to help solidify that position with Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell or whoever else they want to keep there. Nothing wrong with that, right? Why not go ahead and do that? Unlikely the Toronto Maple Leafs take a stab there because they don't have any money. Their goaltending situation is not going to get better. It is what it is. But there are teams that could use Colorado. I'll throw Colorado in there. Powell Fransos has been okay, but... We saw how good Colorado was with Darcy Kemper. I think Alexander Gorgiev has been good. Jake Allen is the veteran who can back up and is better than Franzos in my mind. So that could work out pretty well, right? Teams that are making a run for it, the Florida Panthers, I don't think they go out and get a goalie, even though Bobrovsky and Knight are hurt. Uh, I just, I I wouldn't want, if I'm Montreal, I wouldn't want to trade with them either. I don't want to make them better. I want to make sure they continue to lose and plummet to the bottom of the standings because that gives us another odd at getting the first overall pick. But again, there are lots and these, a lot of teams will come up here as we get closer to the deadline. And I think Montebo has at least earned the opportunity to be here full-time as the goalie who starts. I think he's earned it. He has played well. Is he going to have games where he's going to suck? Yeah, this is just part of what it is. But there's no sense in holding on to Jake Allen. A, if he doesn't want to be here, and B, if you're not going to play him. He didn't sign more money so he can sit on the bench. Montembeau going to make, he's making a million dollars this year, a million dollars next year if he continues to play well. Probably earned his four or five million bucks. If you think that's a lot, hey, that is what it is. You can snag him at three and a half, for maybe another two, three years. That'd be pretty good. But again, what do you do with Jake Allen? I would trade him, but only if he wants to. If he wants to sit here and have like a 60 40 split where he's the 40 ish and he's on a bad team that's only going to get worse fine man if that's what you want i think jake allen has done enough to earn that conversation and say hey you know what i want to be part of the rebuild the process he's got a stanley cup so but like why would you want to win a second one of course <laughs> you know i don't like i don't know like oh calgary calgary could probably use a goalie Not that dan vladar bad jacob Markstrom's having an off year but i don't know maybe solidify that position Just throwing ideas out here? I don't know. Anyways, I'll let somebody else. There are teams out there that need goalies. Montreal has one. Jake Allen is a good goalie who plays on a bad team. He can give you above average backup goalie numbers. So, trade him. But only if he wants to leave. If he wants to be part of the process, hey man. Cap tip to you. But to me, Samuel Montembo is, I'm not going to say the goalie of the future, but he's like your starting goalie next season or moving forward. I want to see what he can do on a full workload of a starting goalie on a bad hockey team. <laughs> like, he's been a little bit inconsistent. And before we start saying, okay, he's the guy, we need to find out if he's the guy. Because it doesn't look like it's Caden Primo. He doesn't seem to be the guy. He comes up and he just backs up and he doesn't play. And which is, I mean, it is what it is. But we have to figure out what we're doing with our goaltending situation at some point. So you trade Jake Allen. You can get a goalie in return, right? You can take a, a goalie or whatnot. That's fine. If a team's got too many of them, we'll send me one. Like, would I take Jack Campbell? I, I I would try not to. But if you want to come to Montreal and sit on the bench a lot and be overpaid, I mean, hey. It is what it is. Montreal could, that way they could, maybe they could get a pick as well from from uh, Edmonton. Say, hey, you want me to eat this salary? All right, but you got to make it Sweet. Right, you gotta give me something. You gotta put a little bit of stevia on top of it so I can, so I can digest this. All in all, to wrap this up, okay, because I know we're going on forever here. The Montreal Canadiens have a bad hockey team. Kent Hughes has to take this roster and strip it down even more. Get rid of those veterans, man. A couple, of, you want to keep a couple of veterans? Keep a couple. You can. You can keep a couple of them and it's fine. Don't keep a whole time. This is a young team and it can get even younger. It can. Go out, move those contracts that just, again, to off, if he's on this roster after the trade deadline, I'm going to lose my shit. I, like I need him to be gone. <laughs> I need Mike Hoffman to be gone as well. I wish Kristen Dvorak would be gone. It's unlikely. But for the guys who are healthy, the guys who are not healthy, they're probably just gonna be here because no team's trading for a player who's unhealthy. That's unless they have a timetable to return like Sean Monahan if some point he can return there's a lot of talk between you know Colorado and stuff blah 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 but if 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 you're healthy and you're like thirty two 33 I I kind of want to see you gone. I do kind of want you out of out of Montreal. Thanks for stopping by. Here's your bags get lost all right that's how i feel about bunch of Canadians and that brings us to the end of this episode as always thank you so much for listening thanks so much for hanging out with me for over on the youtube make sure you hit the subscribe button ring the bell drop a like while you are there thank you very much i know you're doing it right now drop a like anywhere you listen to this podcast stitcher spotify podbean apple podcast wherever you listen to follow like share with a friend hope you've enjoyed your car ride if you're one of those people who have to drive to work maybe you're listening to it while you're making breakfast i don't know thank you for tuning in i appreciate you all very very much and we will talk to, re- yeah. to each other again soon <laughs>